Hey everybody, I'm Ashley and welcome to this month's edition of The Dollar Club, our opportunity to give just $1 and see the amazing things that can happen when we all do good together. Today, we're sitting down with Danej Van Cleve, the founder and CEO of Grace Place Ministry, an organization that is helping single moms and their children in crisis. Dinesh, thank you so much for sitting down and talking to us today. You founded Grace Place Ministry in 2015. Why did you decide to start this organization? It was actually through a position at a local church. I was over the benevolence ministry, and that's a ministry where anybody in the community who's experiencing any kind of financial crisis can call. And right. It just really surprised me, the number of single mothers and children who were homeless. And it just really burdened me that every single quick fix that we had was only gonna be a quick fix. And in getting to know the families that would call and hearing a little bit more of their story, learning that it's also employment, right. transportation, um, food insecurity. My first reaction was, okay, I need to go find somewhere right. where I can send these moms and children, right? I quickly came up on a dead end. Yeah. God just took me on this little journey of kind of revealing the calling that he wanted to put on my heart. When a family comes in in crisis, how do you take them from crisis into a more stable place? We can't even begin that work unless they feel safe and that the people they're interacting with absolutely are for them 100%. Mom comes in and she is just so paralyzed with fear that she doesn't even want to make the most basic of decisions. For fear of making the wrong one. For fear of making the wrong one. We want to make sure that there is a holistic approach that we are serving mind, body, spirit, and heart and that mom has the best opportunity for whatever transformation she wants for herself and her children. We want to see mom start having futuristic thinking. The numbers are astounding with, with our mothers for the amount of complex reoccurring trauma. For the children to be okay, mom has to be okay. And for mom to really live her best life, what we would hope is that there is some kind of a healing journey. The program's designed to help them eliminate every single obstacle they come in with, whether it's legal issues, threatening debt that will stop them from being able to rent a place. They purchase a vehicle with cash while they're with us, so you know they get a full-time job. We have women who are now married. We have women who have graduated college. We have women who graduated our program who are out there who are homeowners now. Tell me a little bit about the facility that you have now. Right now, currently, we can serve five families at a time in the home. And our model, everybody has their own private bedroom. Every family does. It used to be that when I would talk about the need in Sumner County, it would be, you know, we got 150 to 200 applications. And then in 2022, we finished the year with an astounding 393 oh requests for assistance. I love the amount of families we've been able to say yes to. We get to say yes to 12 to 15 families a year, but 393 minus that is the number of times we have to say no. And I hate saying no. What do you wish people knew about single moms and children that are in crisis? There is an undercurrent of just oppression that is so thick and so unseen. We're walking through it with them. We're seeing it. We see the numbers. The conversation has to get bigger. It has to get bigger than the nonprofit in Sumner County who's gonna build housing. The dream for the future is we purchased four and a half acres of land last year in Hendersonville after searching for two years. 
The vision is to have cottage-style homes between 42 to 48, and we have enough room, and it's gonna be really, really special, and it's gonna be beautiful. What are some of the needs that you have right now at Grace Place? You know, it's easy for us to get distracted and forget that we are under attack. There is a battle that's happening that has nothing to do with rent, housing, food, <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? So always keeping us in your prayers is so, 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 so crucial for us to be able to do what we do. We have tons of volunteer opportunities, um, especially for our children's programs. Um, we like to have a lot of volunteers available because our families need to see the kingdom of God coming and coming back and coming, coming back, back and coming back. We've been open now for almost eight years. So we have eight years of hundreds of women and children who have been impacted. That just moves me even more to keep doing what we're doing. So as we talk about needs, I know that we told you that we wanted to share yours and Grace Place's story, which we did. But at Crosspoint, we also have this thing called the Dollar Club, where once a month we ask everybody in the church to put in an extra dollar, pull that money together, and find a need in the community that needs to be filled and go fill it. And so because of the generosity of a whole lot of people, um, we have a check for Grace Place today for $50,000. We just believe in you and all of the incredible single moms and kids that you are helping. And so we wanted to come alongside you in the way that we knew that we could. They are doing the work and they are changing their generations. wiping the tears. How are we supposed to be normal after that? We're just supposed to move forward like that just didn't happen? $50,000, y'all. How incredible that we go to a church with people who just gave $50,000 in one moment. It is so fun because it's this opportunity to all give a little and then we join together and it's the togetherness that made that possible. We are all part of this bigger story. And y'all know, I mean, if you've been around Crosspoint, you know most times we do Dollar Club, it's $10,000 or $15,000, not $50,000. I mean, the, the generosity over Easter in the last few months made a way for us to give in an extraordinary way because y'all gave an extraordinary way. And it is all of us together. It, it, there's always a bigger story that we get to be a part of. And that is what this series that we are starting today, Wonder Us, is all about. Uh, last week, Pastor Kevin told you a story about the Atlanta Braves. I wanna tell you a story about the Nashville Soccer Club. I am a big fan of the Nashville Soccer Club. I am a season ticket holder, thank you very much. And in fact, last season, the first season that Nashville Soccer was in Geodis Park, I was a season ticket holder, so I'm the first person who ever sat in my seat. I'll have you know, and I'm very proud of it. I have a picture, I won't make you see it, but I'm very proud. Well, there's a group of us actually that ended up getting season tickets together. When we were all kind of talking about it, we decided like we'd rather sit in the same section versus all kind of like, yeah, I wanna be a season ticket holder too. The games are so fun. We have the best time. But when season two came around and we were deciding if we wanted to do this again, it was a unanimous yes. And it is because the soccer is fun to watch, that is for sure. But this is the best part. 
The best part is in this story that we are living, when we are all pointed at something, cheering for the same thing, we get to do it together. We have a text stream that I have to mute pretty frequently because people have a lot to say. And we've added in some other people that sit around us and trade out tickets when we need to, but it is so fun to be in this together with each other. Last week, if you were here for Easter, Pastor Kevin told us a lot about our relationship with God and that being our top priority. And I promise I'll tie the two together. But there's this scripture that comes to mind. It's Matthew 6. And it's Matthew 6, And it says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Seek first his kingdom. That relationship with God coming first Because in this Wonder Us series, what we are talking about is the relationships we have with each other and how to make them work. Relationships are wonderful. That's what we experience at Geodis Park, that, that we are all there. The stadium is full. Our section is full. We are all pointed at the same team, the same 11 guys. Come on, you blue and gold, right? Boys and gold, thank you. Come on, you boys and gold. And we are all pointed at the same thing, cheering for the same thing. And And we are together. But here's the problem. I'm sorry to tell you a problem this early. Here's the problem is that we all want to be surrounded by people. We all want people in our lives. We all long for it, but we don't have exactly what we want. Let me make you an absolute promise. Here's an absolute promise that you know is true. We are all lonely. You think no way is she lonely. No way is he lonely. No way. Everybody's lonely. It may be different today than it was yesterday. You may be different in this season than another season, but we all experience loneliness. Old people, young people, married, single, smart, smarter, we all experience loneliness. There is no one that is exempt from loneliness. Can you imagine if for the next NSC match, I was the only person who showed up at Geodis besides the teams? What if I went to my seat that's high up in the stands, I yelled, hello down there to all of them. There's no one else but me. I am there, I am the only, (laughs) did y'all hear that? My nephew said hello up there. (laughs) That is fantastic. I'm the only one who's shown up except for the two teams playing. No one else is in Geodis except me. And, and all of a sudden, I, I, my seats are in the end zone where the goal is. I think it's called an end zone in soccer. Close enough. You, you're imagining it. And there's a corner kick. And the play happens. The ball goes in the air. One of our stars, Walker Zimmerman, jumps up, heads the ball into the net. The team goes wild, and so does Annie. And that's it. How weird would that be if I was the only one who showed up? And I would go nuts. I'm a big fan. I'm going to cheer for Walker. I'm going to cheer for NSC. But if I'm the only one there, something's missing, isn't it? Something's missing if I'm the only one who shows up. Even though we're all looking at the same thing and the game is still going on, there is something about how we need each other. It makes it better if we are all there together, but you know that. (laughs) Because you know what you're lacking, you know what you're missing, you know what you feel lonely around. That's the problem and that's what you wanna have is genuine friendships that feel deep and important. You want that partner that you've been waiting for and praying for and longing for. You want your coworkers to be easier to be around. You want kids or 
You want to live closer to your family or you're just lacking relationship. Maybe there's broken relationships that you want mended. And so that's a problem we have. And here's the second problem. Sorry, we're going two for today. The second problem is the relationships you do have are not perfect. There's mistakes in the relationships you do have. You're, you are imperfect, but you know who's really imperfect? The other people. I know. It's not you. It's them. It's them. Our friends, we've sat together for two seasons now. So 20, maybe 30 games. And let me tell you the problem we always have. Nobody knows whose cup holder is whose. Whoever gets there first, if they got one drink or two drink, they get to, and we all have to adjust. I get so frustrated about it one every three games because you don't know where to put your things. And I thought that was mine. Well, that was mine last time. And now it's this there. Okay. I know that's a simple example of the problems we have in relationship, but there's always problem in relationship as well as the gifts of it. Maybe you wish you had better relationships with your coworkers, the people you spend your time with. Maybe you just wish your marriage was just a little bit easier and there was just a little more communication. It would be so much better if there was just a little bit more of that. Or you want a closer relationship with your kids. You want deeper friendships. So for the next few weeks, what we're going to do is we're going to bring you some um, values, some ideas, some real strategic, important words that you can plug into your relationships that we really believe will help you have the relationships that you want. Because here's what is true. You cannot change them, but you can change you. You can change you. I can change me. And what actually makes life wonderous is when it is wonderful of people that matter most to you. So we're gonna be mostly in the book of Romans. Let me tell you a little bit about Romans. Romans was written to the church in where? Rome, good job, good job. Romans was written to the church in Rome. Paul wrote this letter. And, and honestly, it would look like this. Everyone would sit down and gather, just like we're seeing here and at all of our campuses at God Behind Bars and maybe even some of our friends who are watching online that have people around with them. Or like we gather for an NSC match, everybody gets together and then they would read this letter out loud. And it's really interesting because they would do what we still do of where the concept is given to you and then you and your people kind of discuss, what do I do with that in my life? And, and just as a reminder, when Paul wrote Romans, he didn't write, okay, Romans 1, chapter 1, right? Like he didn't quite write it like that, like verse 5 should say, right? He didn't quite do it like that. But the way it's been split up, it's really interesting because Romans 1 through 11 is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul is explaining to the Romans very clearly who God is, who Jesus is, who we are as sinners redeemed only by the blood of Jesus and what the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus has done for us. That is Romans 1 through 11. And then this shift happens in the book that I think you're gonna think is very cool. This shift happens and the start of verse 12 starts with the word, therefore. Because of 1 through 11, therefore. This is it, Romans 12, 1a, which means the first half. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy. He says, therefore, because one through 11 is true, therefore, I urge you because of God's mercy. And then Paul tells us how to live. If the gospel is true and Jesus is who he says he is and he did for us what he says he, would do, he did, therefore, now we know how to live with that and how to live in that. 
It is the same pattern that we are following in this series. Last week, Pastor Kevin did Romans 1 through 11. He told us the gospel. And so in this series, we get to make that shift. Therefore, because the gospel is true, therefore, here is how we're gonna live. Because of the gospel, because Jesus is who he says he is, because a relationship with Jesus exists for each of us if you want it, therefore, you can have healthy, good relationships if you want them. You can have those. The best way to have healthy relationships is to be the person you want to be in the relationships. It is assessing yourself correctly. It's gonna require a word you're not gonna love at the start, but stick with me, humility. It requires humility to be healthy in relationship in view of God's mercy for us. Therefore, we can be in healthy relationship and it goes best when we are humble. Let me tell you something about me. I bet on myself a lot, right? I bet on myself a lot. I have 100% attendance to every win in my life. I have not missed one of them. Whether it's something at work or something at church, something with my friends or my family, an opportunity that I slayed, right? I haven't missed a single one of my wins. But do you know what else is true? I have not missed a single one of my sins either. I also have perfect attendance to every time I have been who I wish I wasn't. I have not missed one time. You know how you see people at their worst? I've seen myself at my worst every time I've been at my worst. I have not missed one. I know what I think that never comes out of my mouth. Ew. I know how to ruin every relationship I have, and I've done it a time or two. And I know that that's not just true of me. You know what's true is that that probably you need a better reminder that you've been at your wins than you need a reminder you've been at your sins. Can I just remind you, you have had some wins. Like the thing God has put in front of you to do with your life, you are capable of doing. The relationships he's given you, you have what it takes. You've had wins. We just have to assess ourselves correctly and remember that we haven't missed any of our sins either. And that is true of me. I hope our friendship remains after this because I don't love telling you that stuff about me. But what is also true is that I sit in Nashville traffic a lot, so I know that we need some humility. Right? We are not at our best from 4.30 to 6 p.m. every Monday through Friday as a city, we all, and and me, I I hear it, it's me. We just have to assess ourselves rightly and choose humility where we can. There's this quote from C.S. Lewis I wanna share with you. It, It says, humility is thinking less of yourself. Is, I'm sorry, humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. I don't want you to downplay your greatness. And honestly, I'll tell you, when my pride rears up, I am not downplaying your greatness. I'm just upplaying my own. Ew. That's what we do though, right? So I don't want you to think less of yourself. You've been at all your sins. I know you know. But real humility is just thinking of ourselves less often. 
you want to have good relationships in your life, if you want your relationships to get better, it's not easy, but it's easy. We get humble and we show honor. We get humble and we show honor. So what does it mean to show honor? Show honor is seeing other people's wins and calling them out. Seeing other people in their best moments and calling them out. Recognizing the best in others. Listen, even when it competes with the best in you and then we say it is showing honor. In Nashville, in a town full of artists, when you celebrate someone else's art that may be in competition to you, that is honor. Do you see it? That's where it really, that's where the rubber meets the road is can I celebrate someone who's doing similar things to me? That's honor. I thought of this story in Matthew. You can turn if you want to with me or I'll, I'll tell it to you. I'm not gonna read it to you. I'm just gonna have it open so I don't miss any of the parts. This is Matthew 11. And you probably remember this, but John the Baptist is Jesus's cousin. And, and he, when he is born, they grow up around the same time and he is the one who baptizes Jesus. And the whole time John the Baptist is baptizing people, he is saying, I'm not the guy, that's the guy. I'm not the guy, that's the guy. He keeps pushing and pointing people, don't stop with me, go to Jesus. And in Matthew 11, what happens is John is imprisoned. And I totally get this. I totally understand how this would happen to John. I think this would happen to me too, where John has given his life to telling people, follow Jesus, follow Jesus. And now he is in jail for, what, for his preaching and for what he said about what it's like to follow Jesus. And he sends some of his disciples to Jesus to say, are you really the guy? Are you really the guy? Because I'm suffering here. Are you really the guy? So the disciples go and they go and they ask Jesus, are you the guy? And Jesus says, hey, look around. The blind are getting sight. The lame are being healed. The deaf are able to hear. He says, look at what you see me doing and then go back and tell John. And then verse seven, as John's disciples were leaving, Jesus began to speak to the crowd about John. And he says in verse 11, I tell you the truth, among those born of women, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Jesus gives honor to John the Baptist right there, even though their ministries are similar. And John, this whole time, has sent people to Jesus. Jesus says, no one greater than John has been born. It's just incredible, the humility that Jesus shows. So we get humble. We see ourselves rightly. See yourself rightly and say so. 100% wins, 100% sins. You haven't missed any of them. But then also show honor. See others in their best light, in their best moments and say so. So how do we do it? I'm gonna help you. First, we just observe it. You just observe anyone in your life that you think is humble. People you see showing honor. People who are just more humble than, than I am, than you are, than their moments, right? Where you're seeing, man, that is true humility or they are really showing honor. In our group that sits together at Nashville SC matches, there's one guy who sits with us named Matthew Sullivan. And Matthew's here in the blue shirt. He always shows up in blue because he cares about Everton, which is an England team. I don't get it. We need to get him a yellow jersey. But 
Matthew Sullivan is probably one of the biggest soccer fans I know. And and every match when he gets there, what you would think the biggest fan would do is rush to their seats and sit down and have a conversation just with whoever's sitting by him. But that's not what Matthew does. What Matthew does is when he comes into our section, he talks to everyone. He introduces himself to anyone he hasn't seen before. He checks in on all of us that sit together all the time. He's forever asking how everyone is. Before he takes his own seat, he makes sure everybody else is comfortable in theirs. Get humble, show honor. All he's doing is saying, before my comfort, I care about your comfort. And he does it every match. It's amazing to watch. And I had to beg him to let me tell you that story. (laughs) He is just so sincere. You believe him. He's one of those people you believe when he says, how are you? I was thinking of you this week and how'd that thing go? You go, I bet Matthew Sullivan really did think of me this week. That is so nice. In Romans 12, as we keep going, It starts with therefore, remember the big shift in the story. Therefore, because of who Jesus is, because of what he's done, therefore, this is how we live. And we get down to Romans 12, verse nine. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourself. Get humble, show honor. Assess yourself rightly and say so. See others in the best light and say so. So that's the first thing we do is we observe it, right? That just involves us, we observe it. The second thing we do is we invite it. This is between you and God. We invite humility. It is a prayer act. It is a thing that we do. We get to choose it because we have to run from pride, y'all. We have to run from pride. Pride is so sneaky. Pride never tells you it's most important. In fact, pride tells you it isn't important. Pride says, don't think about me. Pride stands in the corners. And I'm here today to say pride's gotta come to the middle in the name of Jesus, because we gotta get it out. It cannot stand in the corners anymore. A, A thing that happens a lot in our town specifically, but I think this is for a lot of people, is we hear a narrative, if I don't take care of myself, no one's going to take care of me. If I don't position myself, no one's going to position me. If I don't make sure people know that I'm talented, no one is gonna see me. And that is just not true. That is not how the gospel works. So we've got to get pride out of the way and choose humility. Um, There's this verse in Jeremiah 29, 11 that people love. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. It's on t-shirts. We hang it in our house. You tattoo it on your body. It's beautiful. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, right? We see it everywhere. So we believe those verses. I need to tell you a couple of verses you gotta believe too. Because if we're gonna believe Jeremiah and the book of John, I need you to believe Proverbs with me because Proverbs 16, 18 says, pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. You just have to believe me. You've seen it in culture. You've seen it in celebrities. You've seen it in people you know. You've seen it in family and friends. When someone's life gets destroyed, the root of that is pride. Because more often than not, they said, I won't get caught. And that is pride saying you are above the system. 
That is not how it works. That is not how it works. Listen to the message version, get ready. First pride, then the crash. The bigger the ego, the harder the fall. We have to take pride seriously. It wants to hide and say it's not important. It is important for us to get it out. Because what James 4.10 says, here's a beautiful promise. Humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up. Who will lift you up? He will. You don't have to position yourself. Humble yourself before the Lord and he's gonna lift you up. Matthew Sullivan that checks on everybody and every soccer match that is humble almost every time I'm around him, I think. You want me to tell you what he does for his day job? Matthew Sullivan is Pastor Sullivan. He is the chaplain at the Covenant School. God has trusted that man who checks on everybody the soccer match with those children and teachers. That's who God trusts. He humbled himself before the Lord and the Lord put him in a position that we can remember to pray for, for these next months and years. Humble yourself before the Lord and he'll put you in the position. No one else has to do that for you. The Lord will put you in the position. That is the promise. It may not look the way you thought, but the Lord will lift you up. One more in Proverbs, Proverbs 11, verse two. When pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. Your favorite people, the people you like being around the most are the ones that are wise, not the fools. And how do we get wisdom? Through humility. So we bring pride to the center of the room of our hearts and we remove it and we choose humility. How do we do that? Well, we've observed it in other people, we've invited it with God, and then we just practice it. We practice humility. Let me tell you something. If you're a note-taking person, write this sentence down. <laughs> humility is not a feeling, it is a practice. I don't know anyone who wakes up in the morning and goes, I cannot wait to be humble today. I feel so humble. It's gonna feel so good to not do what I want. Humility is not a feeling. It is a practice that gets you what you want. So we practice it. A few months ago, I was flying to New York and a Crosspoint friend of mine was on the same flight with me. We saw each other at the gate. And so we're talking as we're getting um, on the plane and as we get to our seats, she is in first class, I am not. And I continue walking past the curtain that is actually, you can see through, which is rude, right? They should actually just give us a proper curtain for the future. I'm walking past the curtain and I hear, I say goodbye to my friend and I hear someone yelling my name. I actually hear two people saying my name. And I turn around and the person, the woman who is sitting next to my friend says, do you wanna switch seats so y'all can keep talking? And I was like, yeah, I do, for sure, 100%. But do you know what you, did you see me go past the see-through curtain? Like you're not gonna have a glass cup to drink out of. It will be plastic. And I'm, and I'm doing the thing that you would do too. I'm like, it's fine. I've got something to listen to. It's fine. Because we are a distance from the plane. By then, she has got moving seat energy times a thousand. Pulling all of her things down from the, uh, putting her coat back on. She is coming. And I'm like, well, we are switching. Okay, we are switching. Everyone's waiting. We're switching. 
And I'm like, thank you so much. That's so kind of you. You know, I'm doing all the polite things that a human would do, you hope. And I sit down by my friend. We have a great flight. It's so fun. We get to talk all the way up. I do drink out of a glass glass instead of plastic. We get off the plane and I don't think of it again. And a couple hours later, I get a DM on Instagram. And the, it's, it's not the same woman. It's a young girl. And, and she says, I, wanted, I heard my friend gave you her seat on a flight today. And I want to tell you about her. And I was like, oh, this story is different than I thought it was. <laughs> this is a different story. She says, um, my friend lives overseas. She's a missionary in a foreign country. And she'd been home for a couple of weeks and seeing her family. And she's headed back over to us now. And she was really excited about the upgrade she got. And then she chose to give it to you. I was like, oh, I feel terrible. Like I have total access to air conditioning, to Taco Bell. She has neither, right? Like I didn't have to take her seat. It would have been fine. Oh, I just felt awful. And as I sat with it, I thought, no, she just got humble and showed honor. She just said, I care more about those two women getting their friendship to continue and, and having a relationship than I care about the seat. And now I get to honor her by telling you the story. And I saw in her Jesus and how he loves and how he gives, right? Like she gave up a better seat just to show honor. So we get humble and show honor. We see ourselves rightly and say so. And we see others in the best light and say so. What a gift when we get to honor other people. And listen, if, if you can't look around your life and see anybody humble, if, if you think I can't observe it, I can invite it and I can practice it, but I can't observe it. Look at the staff at Cross Point. Look at our lead pastor. You've got people you can observe. But I hope you have people in your life you can observe too. And, and then invite, when you invite humility, when you pray and you and God connect over, you can say, show me humble people. Give me models of how to live. And then we just get to practice it. Not thinking less of you. I want you to think you're awesome. I want you to go and do all the things God has for you. I want you to think you're awesome. We just think of ourselves less. Jesus teaches in Matthew 6, if you want to go there with me, I'll turn there. In Matthew 6, Jesus is teaching about fasting. And it's really important because there are a couple of disciplines like this that are really important to our spiritual growth as Christians. Yeah, prayer, fasting, Sabbath, some of these disciplines that we have in our lives that help us grow closer to God. And Jesus is talking about when you fast. And, and he's talking about not eating food for a short season to get closer to God. As Pastor Kevin says it, we give up something we love for something we love more. But when I was reading this, I was thinking, what if we're talking about fasting pride? So I want to read this to you about what Jesus says about fasting. But in your brain, don't think about lunch. Think about pride. This is Matthew 6, verse 16. When you fast, pride, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show men they are fasting. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting, only, but only to your Father 
who is unseen. And your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Humble yourselves before the Lord. And what happens? He lifts you up. He lifts you up. He rewards you. Humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up. I want to read it to you in the message. I think this is beautiful. When you practice some appetite-denying discipline to better concentrate on God, don't make a production out of it. Think of the woman on the plane. She didn't say, and I'm a missionary, right? Like, she didn't make a production out of it. She just very quickly took my seat. It might turn you, so don't make a production out of it. It might turn you into a small-time celebrity, but it won't make you a saint, If you go into training inwardly, act normal outwardly, shampoo and comb your hair, brush your teeth, wash your face, God doesn't require attention-getting devices. He won't overlook what you're doing. He'll reward you well. Humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up. And and the amazing thing when we're talking about the relationships we're in, whether it's work, home, romantic, friendship, the amazing thing is that it only takes one person in the relationship to get humble and show honor for everything to change. Everything changes when you get humble and you show honor. Everyone in the relationship gets affected positively when you get humble and you show honor. And here's the thing, this whole series, we're gonna lay out for you a handful of different um, thoughts and ideas and virtues like this to be healthy in relationship. Humility and honor is the foundation. If we can live like that in all relationships, Remember first, it's a relationship with God, connecting there, and then it is each other. And we get humble and we show honor as best we can. So I I want you, as we close, I'm gonna pray for us, but we're just gonna take a minute and pray together. I want you to think of one or two relationships in your life that need some work, that need some help, that don't feel quite right, or one or two relationships in your life you wish you had that you don't have. And we're just gonna pray for those for a second. I'm gonna pray, but I'm gonna give you some sentences and give a little space and you can kind of just turn those over in your mind. And so let's bow our heads and think of these relationships that you wanna repair or that you miss, that you wish you had. And we're just gonna pray for them. So Lord, we bring you these relationships, the ones we wish we had, the ones we had that need fixing. We just bring them to you, God. And first of all, God, we just say and think and take a minute to meditate on the the pain we feel, the loneliness we feel without that relationship being there or being right. And God, in in our hearts, we know that we can change us, but we can't do it without you. It is the power of the Holy Spirit in us that helps us to be who we wanna be. So Holy Spirit, in all of our lives, would you show us how to get humble and show honor. 
Would you show us how to do that? And we just say that pride has to come to the center. No more hiding in the shadows for pride. It has to come to the center in the name of Jesus. And we are removing it and replacing it with humility because that's who we want to be. So even when it doesn't feel great, even when it feels gross, it'll end up great. We know that. So help us to remove the pride in us, Jesus. You you already did that work for us. You already handled our sins, and so we accept that, but we need your help, Holy Spirit. We wanna be in healthy relationships with you and with each other. So show us how. Make us humble. Teach us how to show honor. All these relationships my friends are praying for in this room and and watching online and across all of our campuses, God, we ask that you would answer their prayers. God, answer. Please answer. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. The series continues next week with Pastor Kevin. We are going to continue building on this, so please be back here next Sunday. We love y'all. Have a great week.